Dear listeners, Sairam, we now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 20th July 2017 as part of Thursday Live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program is hosted by Team Radio Sai's Bishu. Saram dear listeners and welcome once again to Vahini Satsang. By Swami's grace as we discuss chapter 9 of Prema Vahini. Today we have in the studios along with me of course Sai Prakash the co-host of this program and also the special guest for this session is Mr. Amit Sood. If you have been following this series right in the initial days of Vahini Satsang probably the second episode of Vahini Satsang we had Mr. Amit Sood in the studios we were then discussing chapter 1 of Prema Vahini week by week thanks to Swami's grace somehow we have sailed along through the experiences and insights of so many distinguished elders and devotees and seekers and little by little by Bhagwan's grace we've been trying to understand assimilate internalize the amazing profound pearls of knowledge wisdom that bhagwan has himself written and today bhagwan has blessed us has will that mr amitsud is back with us as we now discuss chapter 9 and the differences the last time when mr amit sood was here with us he was aspiring to be a member of the faculty of the department of management studies perhaps that was just in the womb of time he he was just thinking what to do next in life and after having had 25 years of corporate experience especially in the area of marketing and today he is here with us as a member of the department of management studies so he is very much a part of us he is very much someone now who is actively engaged in the university doing what he likes to do the most interacting with youngsters and inspiring them so with lot of gratitude to bhagwan for enabling this session and for having mr amit sood with us enabling this beautiful meeting of minds for this satsang we begin to discuss the segment 9.4 of chapter 9 so we will listen to that and then we will welcome the thoughts of mr amit sood and then we'll see where bhagwan takes us in this discussion ento mandi sadhakulu sanyasulu kuda itti ahankaramulaku chotichi sadhinchina sadbhavamulanu kuda kolpovuchundru ఒట్టి పాండిత్య మూలమున ప్రయోజనము లేదు పేరు ప్రతిష్టలు పొందవచ్చును ఆత్మానందము లేని పేరు ప్రతిష్టలు పునాది లేని గోడలు శాస్త్రములు వేదములు ఉపనిషత్తుల యొక్క తత్వములు జీవితమున ఆచరణలోనికి రావలేను అట్లు ఆచరణలోనికి రాని ఎన్ని మాటలైనను ఎట్టి పాండిత్యమైనను ప్రయోజనముండదు అట్టివి ఆచరణలోనికి వచ్చుటకు నాకు తెలియను అన్న అహంకారమును వదిలి అందులోని యథార్థ సారమును యోచించవలను 
even many seekers and ascetics lose their spiritual merit once they harbor ego in them. Mere scholarship is of no use. You may acquire name and fame, but such name and fame without the bliss of the self is like a wall without foundation. The principles present in the scriptures, Vedas and Upanishads needs to be practiced in life. Without putting them into action, any amount of scholarship and speeches are of no avail. To practice them in life, one needs to shed the ego feeling of I know and reflect on the real essence contained in the Vedas, Upanishads and the scriptures. So, so many thoughts here in just perhaps four or five sentences. So, Mr. Amit Sood, as you listen to this, what is the first thought that struck your mind? Sairam Bishu. Sairam, sir. I'm blessed to be at the university. I'm blessed to be here. And it's actually to learn that I come here. It's in, in the company of people whom you gather in the, in the studio that I get to really pick some pearls of learning. It's a joy being here. I'm really grateful to Swami for this uh, beautiful blessing. I'm reminded uh, of uh, a saying by Mark Twain who says, It isn't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure and that just stands so. Mm-hmm. So, when we firm up our thoughts to such a level that we believe it is my thought or nothing, that's when we get into trouble. Mm. When we start thinking of ourselves as a knower and the knowledge that we believe is absolute, that's when we are in trouble. Um, I'm reminded of a song actually. Mm-hmm. If you permit me, I'll just yeah, hem sure. it as oh, we. With this is from a really old, old, old times, and it goes something like this: Dharti kahe pukar ke, beej pichale pyar ke, mausam bita jai, mausam bita jai. So uh, translated, it means Earth is asking you to spread the seeds of love. Mm. Do it hastily, do it quickly. Mm. We are running out of the season. Mm. And the next paragraph goes like this. Apni kahani chhod ja, kuch to nishani chhod ja, kaun kahe soor, tu fir aay naay. Mausam bita jai, mausam. Now, you know, you know, the poet might have thought of it, you know, writing in one math, one uh, meaning, but there are two that come to my mind. Yes. One is that apni kahani chorja, leave behind your story, something to remind people of you, leave behind us some symbols with which people can remember you, and who knows whether you'll come back here or not. That might be one one thought, mm. but the one that resonates with me also mm. is. Leave behind the story that you carry as yourself. Apni kahani ja. This is a story. Yes. The identity that you carry is a lie. Yeah. Leave behind this story. Kuch to nishani ja. You're carrying so many symbols of your identity. Yeah. Your possessions yeah. are some. Your uh, the positions that you hold are some of them. 
what you believe, the thoughts, the knowledge that you believe you possess, that, that's another. So leave behind at least some some symbols. Believe that there is hope that you may not come back this way. Mm. You may not be born again. Mm. So, so walk so lightly. Mm. Leave behind those thoughts that you believe your own. Mm. And these these firm um, knowledge or dogma mm. that we believe are our own, and travel light and free, mm. so that we don't have to come back again. Mm. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Travel light and free. <laughs> In fact, here um, the best way to reduce the luggage is to somehow give up that inus and minus as you uh, mentioned and that that's what uh, perhaps uh, is that ahamkara and mamakara which bhagwan always uh, talks about in the previous session we discussed how that is different from aham aham is different from ahamkara <laughs> and uh, one very interesting thing that swami is saying here as he begins is Swami is saying, even many seekers and ascetics, they lose their spiritual merit once they harbor ego in them. I mean, you might uh, be someone very accomplished, uh, you might be someone who has achieved a lot, uh, even spiritually, but if you have not been able to somehow let go or diminish or uh, obliterate the ego in you, then somehow you're living, it's like a tank which is full of water but there is a hole <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and uh, so everything that you go, have uh, amassed or, or or aggregated may just get dissipated I mean that that is the dreadful thing that can happen actually in fact i remember in my uh, school days here when i joined suddenly i got this thought you know because here you read the life of uh, so many saints, you read the Ramayana, Mahabharata and all the scriptures and uh, you hear the stories of uh, people who have done penance for hundreds of years, you know, sages and and especially I used to think that, you know, how could that demon ask for a boon that, you know, bless me with this uh, boon that I may annihilate, you know, that other person. Because I used to feel that if someone has like done penance for hundreds of years, <laughs> I mean, you'd be so cleansed, dear. How can you do penance for like so many years and still, you know, harbor anything uh, negative? I mean, we, we sit in meditation for half an hour only, <laughs> you feel you have become Swami Vivekananda and you feel so, so elevated. <laughs> but how can you like, you know, you, you do penance, you become a rishi actually, you have become already a rishi, like you you become a rishi but you have so much anger. How can you become a sage but still you have this weakness and that weakness, you know. So I remember I asked this once to one of the wing teachers, you know, in the hostel and he said, that is the most uh, critical, uh, tricky part of spirituality. He said, spirituality is like a ladder, you know, it's like the snake and ladder game. It's, you can fall from any height, at any time. And that is the reason why you have to be alert all the time. And so I think that fall, uh, as I think now, can happen at any moment if you have not if you have not blocked 
this aspect if you have not taken care of this ego because only when there is ego then there is body consciousness and when there is body consciousness then you know there is anger and then there is there is desire and any of the weaknesses can uh, pull you down and that's how you know even you hear the story of vishwamitra also someone who did penance for so many years and then suddenly he fell for anger suddenly he fell for desire i mean any time you can fall and i think that's what uh, swami is telling here that uh, um you have to be really careful not to harbor ego in fact um, as swami is talking about seekers and uh, ascetics and also ahankara one very beautiful scene comes to my mind from the drama of uh, shri krishna chaitanya mm-hmm. you know when we were in our 10th or 11th standard we had this famous shri krishna chaitanya drama mm. and uh, swami liked the drama so much that he asked for it to be played twice Mm-hmm. once was for the convocation and once for the doctors conference ah, in, in the 19th institute auditorium correct yes there uh, what happens is uh, chaitanya mahaprabhu is initially a great scholar hmm. and you know he goes over uh, all the other small hermitages and he conquers them with his sheer brilliance he's brilliant and he's having all the forms of grammar on his fingertips and he's like uh, master of sanskrit of literature where nobody can you know equal him and then once he get gets bitten by the krishna bug <laughs> if i may call it so <laughs> once he becomes entrenched in the lord's in lord in the lord's love <laughs> and in the lord's name he loses interest in everything hmm. now there is that beautiful scene where he is sitting there and the disciples are trying to say you know this grammar that this thing that thing hmm. he says throw all this away he is he is totally disassociated himself hmm. from any of the worldly grammar from any hmm. basically he has lost himself hmm. see that ahankara that self which yes. he had yes. of i have achieved this scholarship hmm. i have had this kind of a this thing the moment he uh, gave himself mm. so what is it when you say i give myself to the lord mm. the moment he gave himself mm. to the lord he lost himself mm. in the lord yes and uh, everything that kind of defined what he was just melted away and only that which remained was the lord his name his form and he was one with the lord so you know that scene comes yes. to mind it's uh, wow. very very beautiful <laughs> because he says that uh, many a sadaka have like you were rightly mm. mentioning mm. after doing penance for so many mm. years <laughs> then finally you ask for <laughs> <laughs> you want to kill this person you want to do this <laughs> some revenge fact, uh, yeah. it's very interesting there's a, a slightly deeper connotation when i just think about this there was a very nice statement in one of the vahinis was reading and um, swami says um, um you know no point in doing spiritual sadhana there are people all over the world who think that okay if i do this meditation if i do this if i do that i have achieved now spiritual sadhana looked at as a means of uh, achieving glory to yourself is as good as worldly knowledge or yes. anything else it's nothing to do with spirituality because yes. the whole <laughs> purpose of spirituality is to annihilate the self yes. so he says but they don't succeed why they don't succeed he says because they don't have good character hmm. good character and he says very simple example if 
you want a tree to grow first the soil has to be fertile yes she says you may get a huge tree and plant it but if the soil is not fertile how do you expect it to grow and sustain hmm. so so you know it's a, it's a slightly you know it takes me slightly further from the topic but i just thought these few points were uh, related hmm. in the sense you are talking about yoga nowadays yoga and meditation are the most marketed terms yes. in spirituality <coughs> when i was in gurgaon when i was in mumbai and few other places so people asking kya your ashram there is no yoga and meditation <laughs> how come uh, i mean what kind of an ashram is that you don't have a yoga center you don't have meditation Uh, and then then i asked them what is meditation are yaar that only that that you know close your eyes and all that <laughs> so what's happening is meditation as now which is supposed to be a part of spiritual sadhana which is meant to annihilate the self is becoming a practice to strengthen the self it's a modern day fad it's a fad <laughs> i meditate for 5 hours oh you don't chill out on meditation for 3 hours oh i do it for 5 hours and still i'm thinking all about myself <laughs> so like in one of the places swami says uh, somebody asked him swami how long to meditate he says till the time you forget that you meditated <laughs> like the more you keep thinking are one hour over enough of my meditation there's no meditation so the whole point is यमा नियमा आसना प्राणायामा प्रत्याहारा धारणा ध्यान समाधि अष्टांग योगा दैट इज व्हाट पोअर पतंजली टोल्ड नाउ टुडे वी कन्वीनियंटली फॉरगेट यमा नियमा आई कैन स्मोक आई कैन ड्रिंक आई कैन डू व्हाट आई वांट बट अरे अ मेडिटेशन इज कूल आसन आई सिट इन वन प्लेस आई डू सम प्राणायामा एंड आई डायरेक्टली एक्सपेक्ट ध्याना ध्याना कम्स आफ्टर धारणा इट कम्स आफ्टर प्रत्याहारा दैट इज कंट्रोल ऑफ सेंसेस इनवर्ड मूवमेंट ऑफ सेंसेस कंट्रोल the mind then dhyana comes so what i'm saying is all this becomes equivalent to knowledge when he says seekers yes and scholars they go astray because now even spiritual knowledge gathering books yes. gathering spiritual knowledge i have seen so many ted talks that gives a give me a very clear perspective of life i know all this stuff but what are you following mm. ultimately that's what matters mm. and i have read all these discourses of baba i have read all this you know actually this point no that person said better that guru said this better this person geeta is the ultimate mm. all this also knowledge yeah. but is it helping you to forget yourself so that's the whole purpose of yeah. <laughs> any spiritual beautiful one <laughs> um, of i'm reminded of of a, of, of a philosopher who talks about uh, the, this very uh, hook that ties us mm-hmm. and he says if you have an opportunity to be right or to be kind pick mm. to be kind right yeah. and it's just our that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our greatest valuable possession our most valuable turf has actually become our opinion and right. our right. our knowledge of what we know mm. and it is this knowledge which ties us down somewhere some i'm reminded some, you know uh, it was something very beautiful when you spoke about good character mm-hmm. and uh, swami uh, talks about losing ourselves like a drop of ocean loses itself in the in the ocean mm-hmm. and couple of days back we were in the class talking about swami uh, talking about self confidence as the foundation self satisfaction as the wall self sacrifice as the roof and self realization as the life so in this context we were trying to compare and self confidence 
students came up with a beautiful uh, comparison and mm-hmm. they said that it's to have the belief that I'm clean enough to merge in the ocean. Mm. To know that I carry no guilt, no shame. I have the character which is worthy of merging in the ocean. I must make myself and I must view myself. Must view myself. I am always worthy. Like Swami says, we don't need to deserve and, and to be anywhere. But it's actually our actions or our guilt that takes us away from this, from the goal finally. And so that's the self-confidence to know that we are worthy. <coughs> and then self-satisfaction is that we are actually from the same motion. Mm. To be aware that we are one step forward. Mm. Finally, we are from the same motion. Mm. And then self-sacrifice is to be willing to lose oneself. Whatever mm. I know about myself, whatever is it that I know my dogma as, my knowledge as, my my wisdom, or my image of myself in my own eyes, what my positions are, I must be willing to let go of that. Only then the ocean accepts me completely. Only then the self-realization or the merger happens. Mm. Very beautiful. In fact, looking at this, what you are saying, a little bit more technically from the spiritual perspective. Again, this is technically (laughs) from the spiritual (laughs) uh, uh, jargon point of view. But, you know, this is... when, they, when the students were saying self-confidence, is, it's almost like they're saying we should become transparent. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what is the meaning of losing ourselves? And uh, to put it in the right perspective in which you know, we have da- dealt with this topic earlier, it's the mind. Basically, what, what has to become transparent? What has to be annihilated? You can't annihilate your body. I mean, you say, okay, I annihilate my body, I die. So then nothing remains. So it's the mind that has to go. And Swami says... Uh, you turn the mind to the left, you're locked. You turn the mind to the right, you're open. That is, turn towards God, you're free. Turn towards the world, you are bound. Now, what is the meaning of freeing the mind? So again, I said this is technical jargon because <laughs> this is going to get a little heavy. He says three types of problems with the mind. Mala, Vikshepa, Avarna. So, he says, how do you become clear? How do you annihilate yourself? Annihilating yourself is annihilating of the mind. Mala is dirt. He says when on a mirror you have dirt, lot of dust and dirt, you can't see your reflection clearly. So that mala is the dirt and dust that all your vasanas or your yes. this thing. So that has to be cleaned slowly by selfless action. Karma. Keep doing selfless help to everybody. Help, serve, serve, serve. That is mala, that removes mala. Then he says vikshepa. Vikshepa is like Movement, constant movement. If the mirror is constantly moving, unsteady, you can't see yourself, you can't see your own reflection. So he says, bhakti. Bhakti or devotion and love for Lord, it helps you stabilize the mind, the movement of the mind. Mind, um, You know, he says it helps you stabilize. That's why he says, when you're singing bhajans, if you clap your hands, it's like sitting under a tree with a lot of birds on it. Yes. So the moment you clap your hands, all the birds fly, fly away. away. So he says, when you clap your hands or bhajans, it's all the thousands of thoughts in your yes. mind. Yes. They all fly away and your mind becomes steady. So vikshepa, the constant movement of your mind is stabilized. And then avarna. Avarna is, he says, okay, your mind, your mirror is stopped moving. It is very steady. It is very clean, speak and span. But imagine a big black cloth is covering it. Hmm. 
then you can't see yourself. He says, you have a mirror, but a thick black cloth is covering it. That is agyana, that is ignorance. Mm. He says, that can be removed only through jnana, through the mm. path of wisdom. Mm. So, karma bhakti jnana. Karma bhakti jnana. So, he mm. says, all three are important. Yes. You need all the three to clear your mind. So, your mind uh, is such that it easily accumulates. Now, it has accumulated the idea that it is a scholar. It accumulates the idea that it has achieved something in the world. It accumulates the idea that this is what I am. Like Swami mm. used to ask, boy, uh, who are you? So mm. they said, no, I am so and so. Then, oh, that is your name. No, no, actually, this is what I do. That, that's your profession. Mm. No, no, I am this, this old, but that's mm. your age. Mm. I am from so and so, but that's your place from where, but who are you? Mm. <laughs> so, you yes. know, the mind kind of accumulates so many identities mm. that it is so clogged. Hmm. And it becomes so opaque. So, how do you make it more transparent? How is it that you lose all these identities? And so, he beautifully yes. explains this Mala Vikshepa Avarna. He says, This is how you kind of annihilate the mind. Wow. That's uh, In fact, as you mentioned about who are you, I just reminded of one beautiful uh, experience that um, Dr. Ravi Kumar, who is mm-hmm. currently the warden of Vrindavan campus, once shared. I think the early days of Vrindavan there, uh, so one day Swami comes out and uh, uh, these boys were actually at that point in time, uh, um, they used to study in the Bangalore University and you know they used to stay next to Bhagwan. So, so one day Swami came out in the morning and these four boys were standing there on Swami's pathway and Swami suddenly asked one boy, who are you? And so this boy said, uh, Swami, you know, he's just taken aback. So he, he just mentioned from where he comes from, you know, just the name, the usual answer. And Swami looked very displeased. Hmm. So the next person, then Swami went to the next person, who are you? And he thought, you know, Swami is not happy with that answer. So maybe I should give a little more details. <laughs> so this person said, Swami, my name is this full name and I'm, I come from this region of Madhya Pradesh and this is the place <laughs> that I come from and all that. So Swami heard and Swami was like, he was not impressed at all. So he went to the third boy and who are you? And now he thought that, you know, so both the answers did not please Swami. So I should definitely, perhaps I should say something else, you know. So he said, um, Swami, I'm, I'm your child, Swami. And uh, so that boy was uh, sort of not fully into it, you know, it was like 50-50. Hmm. And so Swami was like, okay. Hmm. Swami just tapped and uh, then I moved on. And, to uh, the next boy. To the next boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the previous day, Swami had given a discourse actually, mm. where Bhagwan had uh, mentioned uh, about Vedanta and about how uh, there is only one that exists and all those concepts. And so suddenly this hit this, the fourth boy when came and so he thought, you know, this is what Swami will definitely like. So he said, Swami, I and you are one. <laughs> Swami said, really? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Swami said, in that case, why don't you go and give darshan? <laughs> uh, you know, one more story which Swami shared in the yes. 1990 series, yes. Samakos. So, Swami said like this, so there was this Brahman who had this half knowledge mm. and uh, poor man, uh, he was very sincere, but mm. he had this... Uh, 
that self was still there <laughs> so shivoham 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 you would keep saying hmm. i am shiva i am shiva i am one with shiva so one day some of the other disciples came eh you are going on saying shivoham shivoham then what does parvati become to you he <laughs> <laughs> said oh my god i am so sorry lord forgive me please forgive me i am mistaken swami says if he really believed shivoham he should say she is also shiva, shiva. everybody is shiva <laughs> <laughs> so is you know that that half knowledge half knowledge becomes and, or basically knowledge without experience without uh, internalizing so that's what he says yes. it's like uh, yes. it's like the wall without the foundation but there swami added mm. that uh, if you really believed in that mm. if you really believed that i and you are one mm. and if you had gone into the darshan grounds with convinced of that feeling correct then people would have seen not you but they would have seen me exactly they would have seen me exactly correct in fact <laughs> another very beautiful story which swami says you know it was in our kode batch yes 99 hmm. uh, swami was mentioning about uh, uh, swami shivananda yes do you remember that story yeah, yeah. so swami went to the shivananda ashram in the mid 50s or late 50s and uh, as swami was entering the ashram so there was a whole procession of his disciples they came with the purnakumbham then the whole place was beautifully decorated flowers lamps everything and they came and invited swami but swami shivananda had not come and then uh, swami went inside swami was fine and uh, he asked swami do you know why i did not come to invite you bring you in swami said can't tell me why because you and i are one how beautiful he said you and i are one then swami smiled <laughs> he said that is the truth that is very good if you really believed in that then why did you do this decoration <laughs> yeah see yeah the understanding of yeah. the ultimate yes. truth yes. has to reflect in the smallest of your actions yes very true in your daily actions yes. in everything in everything yes. in your conviction and yes. see that is the beauty with swami when you look at his life his in fact that this is one story which i can never get tired of telling and i can go on and on <laughs> telling about it in every session of our discussion <laughs> with what, what with what was his approach towards the life that he led yes like uh, they were uh, swami was very tired one of those days like yes. he was distributing something uh, the throughout the morning and so afternoon they thought he will take time then um, he came out sharp at 3 he said i have to go for darshan then some of the people who were around they said swami you can take some rest he said no no devotees have come i need to go for darshan then they said swami they will wait i mean you are so tired this morning swami said see you have not understood anything about me is it swami what is it swami said they are not coming for my darshan i am going for their darshan devotees don't come for my darshan i am going for their darshan why because i see myself in them yes i am going to see myself i am going to speak to myself i am going to take letter from myself i am going to so this is i am always in bliss so this is you know this is the uh, experience of many people who get an interview with swami like a, once a family goes in and they come out yes they can write on a block of gold that this avatar has come only for, for my me. family yeah because you know he identifies so much with them yes. and he becomes so much a part of that family yes. the next day when he doesn't look at you then you realize oh okay, he has come for others also <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this uh, experience of oneness remains extremely intellectual for me brothers mm. so how does one get from 
just an intellectual experience of this and getting it right as far as words are concerned to actually experiencing it like you said mm. experiencing the oneness mm. and truly be able to walk as Swami yes. talk as Swami and be experience yourself as Swami yes. not just thinking of the, the fact that Swami has said that so intellectually it is of course taken and true yeah <laughs> The challenge is how do it I is, go? Yes. No, it is like in my simple understanding, mm-hmm. there is just a two-step process. Mm-hmm. First is to know that that is the ultimate truth. Yeah. First of all, gyatum, you know it. Yeah. Having known that yes. this is what the thing is, then what you can do is now that you know this is the truth and that there is a spark of divinity in everybody, the first step is try to offer every action of yours to God. Now, somebody is going, somebody is behaving very nasty with you. It's very difficult to think that this person is also God. And this person. So then you will have to start thinking and praying to the Lord and telling Him that whatever happens to me in my life is good for me. That surrender has to come. So when you have that surrender and offer all your actions to God, then slowly you start seeing that that person is also God, this person is also God. Then reflection, reaction, disound, what Swami says. I think that reaches a level where this is the question which uh, John Hislop asked Swami yes. in the conversation. He asked, Swami, uh, now um, everybody is divine, everybody is God, so how should I treat everybody equally? Swami said, will you treat your servant maid and your wife equally? You cannot. Then then how do I live Advaita? He says, Bhava Advaita, not Bahya Advaita. Bhava must be. Bhava. Wow. In your feeling spirit, in your in the spirit, you have to feel one with the whole creation. Yeah. When you go on the road, you should not see somebody suffering. You should feel the pain of that person suffering. So that is the bhava advaita. And then he says, in that till you reach the state, you have to think the same divine energy is in your wife, and the same energy is in the div- in your servant maid. Yes, but. As far as the world is concerned, yes. you will treat your wife as your wife, you will treat your servant maid as your servant maid. Yes. So but because you know that there is a divine, you will not do anything that will hurt it. Or exactly. You know, so you will you will treat, uh, you play your role, but you do your role perfectly well. Exactly. So that next time you are given better roles, as Swami says. And then, <laughs> and then Swami adds a very beautiful point. He just says, he says, ahimsa is not... Not harming others. others yeah. It is not harming, not harming oneself as well. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. now the moment you think God is there in everybody, but I am the greatest sinner. Papoham, papakarmaham, papam. That's why Swami changed it to praptoham. Yes. Yeah. I am not a sinner. I am. I have merit. Mm. Yes. You have a lot of merit. Yes. You are the blessed one. True. He says no. Papoham, papakarmaham. They are not a sinner. You are God. You are divine. You have that power in you. So he says, be compassionate to yourself also. <laughs> <laughs> Must in fact begin with oneself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, as someone uh, said that, you know, uh, if for example a prince uh, is sleeping and um, he's dreaming, mm-hmm. and in the dream uh, he sees that he has become a beggar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's begging there, he's begging for water, begging for water, and you know, and then in that uh, um He's gasping for breath and he's thirsty and he wakes up and he shouts, give me water, you know. And uh, so when people go near him, they don't say, oh beggar, get up. You know, <laughs> you, will, you will address him as, ha prince, here's the water. You won't say, oh beggar, here's the water. Absolutely. So that is what you, you truly are, is mm-hmm. what Swami is telling. You know, you identify yourself as a beggar. 
but you are in a dream you are actually the prince and swami that's why he treated everyone as like a prince because that's, that's what we are true i am reminded this um, nisargadatta had a beautiful uh, quote in fact this morning uh, i was listening to uh, a talk by brother sonam who, uh, who spoke in us and he spoke about swami talking about nothing being yes. everything yes and he sp- spoke about experiencing oneself yes um in isolation in solitude as nothing mm. uh, and uh, brother sonam brought it up from um i have some from swami saying when he talks about himself as man among men hmm. and a woman among women and a child among children and alone i am god hmm. uh, and there he was talking about being in isolation experiencing oneself as nothing and nisargadatta has a beautiful saying where he says wisdom is knowing i am nothing Mm. and love is love knowing i am everything i am everything yeah. <laughs> beautiful and my mm. life goes yeah, my life goes between these between two these very beautiful, beautiful. Yes. nothing and everything yes. so it's basically love wisdom and love <laughs> wisdom and <laughs> wisdom is knowing that i am nothing. nothing love is knowing that i am everything everything yes. in fact there is another beautiful uh, uh, this thing quote of or idea from nisargadat maharaj he says um Uh, you know there is one the i am that is like a question and answer it's a yes. book where somebody is yes. asking the question so this person asks okay all this is fine you know but what happens to my job what happens to my family what happens to me my profession all that that <laughs> ankara that ego what you're talking <laughs> yes. about he says look here <laughs> we are talking of the whole house is ablaze with fire you're asking what what happened to my matchstick <laughs> he says The whole house is ablaze, yeah. yes. and you are worried about a small matchstick. <laughs> so I am talking of that level where you you have gone beyond name, form, language, perception, even a vibration. You are in that state where you are before creation happened. <laughs> you are that, mm. and you are that. that state of nothingness with infinite potential yes now i am speaking of you as in that state and you are talking about your job and your family <laughs> <laughs> so the analogy gives us very beautiful <laughs> he says the whole house is ablaze and you are worried about a matchstick <laughs> <laughs> in fact you know um, uh, amit sir you you are uh, mentioning that you know how do you really uh, make it into a practical experience mm-hmm. from an intellectual understanding mm-hmm. of of uh, this oneness is of so what cyprus sh- shared about uh, acceptance and gratitude i think that is definitely one very beautiful practical way i think which swami has referred to uh, uh, in so many discourses just before uh, starting this uh, uh, satsang uh, i just was looking up to one, one more discourse and there swami says that you know we do satsanga we do um, uh these spiritual discussions and swami says what is satsang and satsang swami says is not spending time with uh, um, people uh, so called spiritual discussions and you know people uh, so called good company mm-hmm. many times we associate satsang with good company swami says satsang means you are in satchidananda <laughs> that is what is satsang so where you experience the truth with the truth that is sat chit is awareness 
and when there is coming together of uh, truth and awareness basically sugar and syrup Swami says then you experience Ananda that is Satsanga that Satchidananda that Ananda is what is Satsanga and Swami says so that is the godly feeling Satchidananda is Swami so how do you become God Swami says you, you become God first by cultivating godly feelings so once you cultivate godly feelings then slowly you can become God as as uh, um, the, the classic example that Swami always gives of in the Ramayana how Bharata thinking about Rama became uh, someone whom a, anyone who saw Bharata they felt that they were seeing Rama I think it's the same with uh, all the godly persons you know when yeah. you see a godly person you, uh, you you experience such godly vibrations when they speak you feel God is speaking to you you feel when, when you interact with them you feel maybe God is communicating something in fact there is a, um, a very beautiful uh, incident from the uh, life of Saint Tukaram they say that once uh, as Tukaram was uh, um, giving darshan and this lady comes and uh, she does pranam and Tukaram blesses Dirga Sumangali Bhava. Mm-hmm. And uh, this lady gets up and says, How do you make a mockery of me like this? You know, mm-hmm. I thought you are a great saint. Mm-hmm. I thought you are the all-knowing one. Everybody told you go to him, he will give you solace. I have just become a widow and you are giving me this blessing. And Tukaram was very shocked. He said, Then how, how did this come? <laughs> If this was not true, it, it would have never come out of my mouth. Mm. So he also didn't know. He said, no, no, it cannot be. If it has come, then maybe there is something. He said, no, you are a fraud. You, you, you are telling everyone that you, you know, you, you, you are blessing everyone, but you have no clue what is happening. Tukaram says, even I have no clue what is happening. <laughs> because, but this much I can tell you that if that, if this is not true, it wouldn't have come out of my mouth. Mm. And in that moment of absolute confusion, <laughs> a revelation happens. Just suddenly someone comes running and says that this person's husband who was lying down from the grave has, has got up. My God. <laughs> and and, and he says, that person has just, everyone is stunned how that person got up. It is like when you are so much God steeped, as Swami says, what I speak is not truth. It is Whatever I speak is truth. <laughs> That's it's not that it's not that I speak the truth. <coughs> Whatever I speak becomes the truth. Becomes the, the truth. truth. That is the truth. It is like it is not whatever I do is dharma. Whatever <laughs> I not that I do dharma. Mm. Whatever I do is dharma. Is dharma. I think that, that that is the stage. That is the stage of oneness you actually reach. Very true. And it, and, and this, on this exactly uh, a similar incident with Swami also no? on Sundar Iyer where yes. he was bitten here in the university by a snake and Swami refused to say that it was a snake bite. He said it was it was a thorn. Mm. You are lying that it was a snake. And Sundar uh, kept saying that it was actually a snake and f- to everybody that, yeah. and now everybody started asking him that you've been lying. It was not a snake. <laughs> uh, and so many students saw it and he was, and after many, many years, Swami clarified to him that I, from my mouth, mm. will never say that it was a snake. Mm. It was a thorn, it was a thorn, it was a thorn. And then it dawned on him that by saying that it was a thorn, Swami converted that snake bite okay. into thorn. thorn. Just like you said, no? <laughs> yeah. what he says yes. becomes the truth. Yeah. In fact, uh, the last line of the paragraph that yes. we just read, yes. he says to practice them in life 
He said the principles present in scriptures, Vedas and Upanishads need to be practiced in life. Without putting them into action, any amount of scholarship and speeches are of no avail. Mm-hmm. So we have been only speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> any amount of scholarship and speeches <laughs> yes. are of no avail. Yes. To practice them in life, one needs to shed the ego feeling, I know. And reflect on the real essence contained in the Vedas, Upanishads and the scriptures. See, this is so beautiful. There is that one very nice story which Swami says. So, he says that there is this young Brahmin, very radiant. Yes. And <laughs> he uh, set up a, a ashram uh, on the other side of the river. And then he is doing his regular uh, puja morning and he gives upadesh to people. He speaks to them about God, the power of God's name and this and that. And um, so this is going on and he becomes very popular in the village and all that. But uh, what happens is the milk lady, she has to cross the river and get the milk. So she is on the other side of the bank. Mm. Now all this is going on and then one day she comes very late. And he says, lady you have no sense of time. You have no idea, I have to get ready, I have to do my puja with that milk, I have to do Abhishekam, then then I have to get ready and people are waiting, my devotees are going to wait and I have to speak to all of them. And because of you, you know, the whole routine has got derailed. Mm-hmm. Then she says, see I am a poor lady, the river is in spate, I can't help it. The river, boatman said, you won't bring me. He says, haven't you heard any of my talks? Chant the Lord's name, you will not have any problem. So she says, why didn't you tell me before? So then from ever since there is no delay and she's coming on time and <laughs> he says then one of those is a rear it it's raining heavier than any other day in my life and how did this milk lady make it so he asked sir yes. then she said Swamiji, you only told, chant the Lord's name. One name I knew. I'm chanting and I'm crossing. Nothing is happening to me. He said, no, no, you're lying. You can't be true. (laughs) So she says, come. She chants the name and happily crosses the river and goes. And this man is, then this man thought, if my words themselves have so much power, then how much power I must be having? <laughs> Maybe I can cross the river even without chanting the name. <laughs> so, I, I think he possibly tried putting one leg. He said, no, for backup safety, let me chant. Let me actually chant the Lord's name. <laughs> and he tried chanting the Lord's name and tough he fell inside. I think that is, that is the dooming. <laughs> oh, that's what Ami says. When you have ego, right? When you have no no genuine experience, <laughs> that is how you get drowned. You. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, yeah. After all, I mean, it is I who told that lady, and uh, if I can myself not float on water, <laughs> yes. So I think that story summarizes the entire paragraph. <laughs> so, in fact, that, I mean, as you're talking about this experience, uh, uh, I've read this somewhere that you know during the final days of uh, Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa, and uh, where uh, when Swami Vivekananda is 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 asked to to you know preach, where Swami Vivekananda says that. I don't want to preach because only that person has the right to preach who can confer that experience. Not only experience, have the experience of that experience, but also be in a position to confer that experience. Unless I have that ability, I don't want to preach. And in fact, only when Ramakrishna 
Paramahansa blesses him with that uh, gift, only then he takes up uh, to direct disciples and preach. I think that again I think that is I think only when you have experienced also at least to some extent only then the words also acquire some power the words also acquire some amount of conviction only then the words actually He's speaking touch. from that level of awareness in fact yes. since you brought him Nisakdat Maharaj yes you know a very nice point is somebody is asking him like how do we get that experience how do we reach that state how do we you know achieve that he says how easily you make it a commodity now you have made realization a commodity. <laughs> and and thousands of people are making money out of it. Yes. <laughs> I can sell you realization. <laughs> He's saying, how easily you have made this into a commodity. commodity yes. It is not something which you achieve. It is something which you give up. Yes. You are realized now. Yes. You are God. You are realized right now. Mm. It is not acquiring realization. It is giving up everything that confuses you as not realized. Everything that puts you in a state of ignorance that says you are not God, yes. that says you are not realized, that is the self that has to be removed, that ego, that ahankara that has to be removed. He says the moment you remove that ahankara, remove all this, there you are realized, you are God. So <laughs> you think, are <laughs> if I if I get up at three o'clock every morning, will I get realized? Are I have been doing meditation for so many decades. Nothing seems to be happening to me. Not even three inches of aura is coming behind my head. I mean, <laughs> so Ramakrishna Paramahansa, that's what he told that there was a sadhaka who came and he said, Are, I've done 10 years penance just by looking at one blade of grass, I can set it on fire. Then Ramakrishna Paramahansa said, If I were smarter, I would have bought a matchstick. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you need not do the 10 years you are wasted of your life getting a siddhi that will set yes. something on fire. Yes. So, the whole purpose is not to achieve something. The whole purpose is to remove what you are not. Yes. Because you are realized, you are God, you are what yes. you are finally yes. here and now. Yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, everything that makes, so that ego, that ahankara which Swami is talking about, is actually that ignorance. Yes. That ignorance which makes you think that you are not complete, that makes you think that you are limited, yes. that makes you think that you are dependent, yes. you are limited, yes. you are, uh, you know, uh, you are not complete. Yes. This kind of Purnamada Purnamidam. So yes. you are complete, you are infinite, you are yes. limitless. Yes. But anything that makes you think that you are limited is that ahankara which has to be removed. Yes. It's that body, it's the senses, it's the mind, it's that ahankara. Mm. So that state of ahankara which is the subtlest amongst all this, even that has to go. Yes. Then you remain what you are. Yes. <laughs> in fact, as you are mentioning this, you know, uh, in our normal conversations many times, you know, I have mentioned this before, but I think this is something that we need to reiterate. If uh, someone um, loses his cool, you know, then you say, yeah, I'm only human, you know, so, so that, that's okay. You know, I, I get angry. Yeah, I'm human. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like buying this, you know, I'm a bit greedy. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm human. You know, we have made it like it, it's absolutely normal for us to actually get angry, actually have little desire, actually indulge in something. We just fit, we under the uh, sort of garb and uh, convenient 
sort of uh, excuse. excuse that we are human and that's what Swami is constantly you not human. First of all, Swami should say you should I remember in our school days, Swami should say every day you should say that I am not animal, I'm, I am I am man. I am not animal. I'm, whenever you get any bad thoughts, Swami should say you should tell I am not pig, I am not dog. <laughs> Go from one room to another, keep roaming. I am not cat, I am not uh, this, I am not snake, I am man, I am man. And then Swami should say after that I am not man, I am divine. I think today, in just by using this expression, I'm human, we, we, that's a convenient excuse for us to do every, anything. That that's why Swami said human values. Human. He didn't say divine values. He said Satya, Dharma, Shanti, Prema, Himsa yes. are human values. Yes. I mean, even to what? call yourself human, human. <laughs> you need to have these values. So we have all sort of, which are subhuman values. <laughs> Sub, we do subhuman things. level of the human, no? Yeah. At the level of the divine, yes. I think it's, uh, the, it's absolute. See, and it's like, it's like the adulteration of the milk which yes. you get in the morning from yeah. the village lady. <laughs> now, t- 20 years back, maybe people didn't add water in the milk. Yeah. So, it was pure milk. Yeah. Now, even today, it is called milk. <laughs> 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 but how much of it milk. is milk, how much of yes. it is water? Yes. <laughs> so, even today, we call ourselves human. But <laughs> how much of <laughs> us is human? human? How much of us is animal? Yes. So, I think that's I what... Think, yeah. I think that is the reason why... Uh, when you reflect every discourse that Bhagwan uh, started, he always addressed as Divyatma Sarupalara. It was Prema Sarupalara Sarupalara and Divyatma Sarupalara. It was never uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, it was never devotees. (laughs) If if one was to find the parallel from Nesarudata, it's uh, everything and nothing. So like he says, wisdom is nothing and love is everything. everything. So I think... (laughs) The one way of uh, understanding, um, I think one take home from whatever we are uh, discussing today is, I think uh, whatever we do, if the doership is there, I think that is where uh, it's coming from a space of ego. We have to let go of that feeling. Right. In fact, today I was talking to um, if one of the former students of Bhagwan's University now, he's uh, working in Kuwait and in fact he's the president of the Satya organization in Kuwait. And I asked him, so what is uh, mm, your guiding principle as you're now um, leading the organization there? He said a very beautiful thing. He said, nothing. I only have to ensure that I move away. Mm. I get away. I get away from everything that is coming the way of the devotees connect with Swami. Mm. <laughs> so the only thing I have to do is I just have to get away. <laughs> then everything will be fine. Vishu, uh, if you permit me, there is a, I'm reminded that in the practice of coaching, the yes. corporate coaching, the modern art or modern yes. science of coaching as it has developed, uh, the the work that happens is with the client the coach attempts to be non-judgmental and in the in the inquiry happens from a belief that the client knows all there is to know so he's magnificent and complete now we are talking about management yeah. talking about take talking to a client from the understanding that he's divine mm. you know magnificent and complete, complete. and so what the coach does is talks to the client from an understanding that he's absolutely aware mm. and he himself judges none of what is presented as ideas by the clients. Mm. And the experience that happens in a coaching is actually where the coach experiences himself as being absent. 
So he is trying not to be present there. He's mm. trying purely in the inquiry and inquisitive mm. mind mm. on what would you do in the circumstances? How do you, what, what steps would you take? Mm. And so the experience of the coach at the level of spirituality would mm. be yes. not being there not being as, a, as an ego is concerned. Mm. That's the, uh, the, the highest level of coaching. If one was to perfect it to the level of uh, its highest potential, yes. one would actually experience it as not being opinionated, not having any opinion. And I think that is the essence of Premavahini, yes. this chapter, that it's about experiencing yes. uh, the awareness that the, the Vedic knowledge, the scriptural knowledge brings, and not to experience them as pure texts. Yes, yes. Yeah? In fact, uh, in the early days, when uh, Bhagwan started this whole process of... Uh, <coughs> Darshan and people used to gather in the Pata Mandir, I mean the old Mandir. So in those days, Swami himself used to sing bhajan, Swami himself used to serve prasadam, he himself will break the coconut, he himself will do the arati to the shrine. And they say that uh, one thing that Swami used to keep muttering to himself, in fact during the construction of the Pata Mandir, he himself used to, you know, uh, stand on the ladder and, you know, do the construction work along with the workers, because there was, you know, he was doing everything. And this is the sort of mantra that Swami used to always sort of keep uh, chanting, you can't say chanting, but he used to keep saying this again and again, that serve all, be nothing, do all, uh, hear all, say nothing, bear all, uh, um, be nothing, serve all, and be nothing. Those, these uh, four, five, uh, very, very powerful dictums actually, where some say, hear all, say nothing, serve all, be nothing. I think that is the, <laughs> in that nothing only there is everything. That is that essence, uh, that everything is that pure love. Wonderful. I think we are running out of time. So there is, in fact, there is so much more to discuss and I think that is true with everything, every one sentence of uh, Prema Vaini. But dear listeners, uh, we just hope that there was something for you to uh, take away and uh, practice in your own lives uh, to internalize and see how we can experience this. Please do share with us uh, your experiences, your experiments and if you have any queries or comments as you begin this process or if there's anything that you want to ask for further understanding of this I know there are it would have opened up many things because uh, there are so many things that are, that are discussed and definitely all of things all of these things need a lot of clarity so please feel free to write to us as always you can write to listener at radiosai.org please pray to Bhagwan, open Prema Vahini and just read it again and again with prayers because I think the Prema Vahini that Swami has for each one of us is different. Let Swami speak to you through the Prema Vahini exactly what is needed for you in your spiritual growth. That will be the best message, that will be the right message coming from the source and only when we submit ourselves at His feet and say like Arjuna Karishe Vachanam Dava, we will do whatever you say Swami. We are yours completely, wholly. Then he will take over the reins of our life. He is the Sanatana Sarathi. So please, let us begin this journey with that intensity and earnestness. And let us help each other in this beautiful adventure of becoming one with him. Thank you so much. Sairam.
You were listening to an episode of our program Wahini Satsang. This episode was first aired on the 20th July 2017 as part of Thursday live from Prashanti Nilayam on Asia stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. This program was hosted by Team Radio Sai's Bishu. Thank you and Sai Ram.